This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate your tuning in to watch today. Today on Know Your Bible, we're going to discuss the profitability of being a Christian. Sometimes people may wonder, well, you know, I hear preachers talking about becoming a Christian, but does it really matter? Is there any profit? Is there any benefit in, in serving God and serving Jesus Christ? We want to talk about that today. Now, does it really pay to be a Christian? Does it really pay to serve God? Does it really pay to do right? I hope that you'll stay tuned as we'll be discussing that subject today. On Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. And there are so many people that are already uh, taking this course. We appreciate the fact that you have called in, written in, even sent us emails requesting the Bible course. We appreciate that so very much. And it's an encouragement to us to continue to offer the course to other people. This course is designed to help you know the Bible, to help you understand the Bible. And so we want to make it available again today, but let me make one thing very plain, and that is it's free. There is no cost. We have people call occasion, or they say, well, now, what does this cost? And we try to explain to them that it's free. And I know that we, we hear so many things advertised today and so many things offered today by way of television, and, and sometimes we're led to believe that it's free, and then in the final analysis we find out it really isn't. But let me assure you, that it's free. So we want you to call for it today. And if you can't call, write us today. Or even if you're outside the United States and you can't use the toll-free number on the screen, well then we'll encourage you to send us an email just requesting the Bible Correspondence Course. And be sure to include your name and all of, your, uh, of the details of your address. But let's pause now so that you can learn just a little bit more about this Bible Correspondence Course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll-free 1-877- 7115214 I'd like to read to you now from Malachi chapter 3 Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament and I want to read now from the 3rd chapter beginning with the 13th verse of Malachi chapter 3 your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, What have we spoken so much against thee? You have said it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that we've kept his ordinance and that, that we've walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. And then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. 
And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall you re return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth not. That's a reading from the Word of God from Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 through verse number 18. In this particular text, the people had spoken against God. Notice in the 13th verse. They had, their words had been stout against God. You know, that's a very fearful thing to contemplate, isn't it? That people would speak that way against God. But the fact is, since the very beginning of time, people have been speaking against God. They have been, they've had hard words, stout words, fierce words against God. But these people disclaimed any such action. Why, they even asked, what have we spoken so much against thee? And so they wondered, what have we said that's been stout against God? How have we spoken against God? Well, first of all, these people had not said that, that God doesn't exist because, in fact, He does exist. There is one God who is above all, through all, and in you all, Ephesians 4 and 6. They hadn't said He doesn't exist. That These people did not say that, that God was not powerful because, in fact, He is powerful. God, he, he is so powerful that He made the world and all things therein. But they had not even said that God was not good because God is good. Oh, the Lord is so good. And they had not even said that God's word is useless. So what had they said? Well, actually, there were two things that the people said when they spoke these stout words against God. First of all, in verse 14, they said it's just useless to serve God. There's really no benefit in serving God. And secondly, they said in verse 14, it doesn't pay. So it's useless, it doesn't pay. But were they right? Were they correct in, uh, in saying that it really does not pay to serve God and it's just a waste of time for an individual to serve God? Does it really pay to, for a person to become a Christian and to live the Christian life? And I submit to you that in fact it does pay to be a Christian. It pays rich dividends to be a child of God. But I want us to look at this text and see some of the things that are found in this text that would let us know that there is profit, there is benefit in our serving God. For example, in verse 16, that there he said that, uh, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one with another, and, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. The first thing I want us to realize is that, that God does not forget about His people. He has a book of remembrance. He remembers us. Well, you might ask, what is there about Christians that God remembers? Well, He remembers our character. Notice in, the, in verse 16, He says, Then they that feared the Lord. He's talking about God-fearing people. God remembers those that fear fear Him. Solomon said, it's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom, you know. And then in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter in verse 13, 
The Bible says there, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So man should fear God. That is, have an awe, uh, a respect for God, reverence for God. And so we are to fear him. It's a tragic thing that, that many have lost their fear of God. They don't respect God. It's, it's spoken of some in Romans, the third chapter, in verse 18, that there is no fear of God before their eyes. Isn't it sad that people get into such a spiritual depression that they no longer have a respect or fear for God? But he's talking about the fact that God remembers those that do fear him. In Acts, the ninth chapter in verse 31, the Bible says, Then had all of the churches rest throughout Judea, Samaria, and Galilee, and were, and were walking in the fear of God and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost and were edified. Here were people who feared God. And so he's talking about the fact that he remembers those that fear him, that respect him. But another thing that God remembers is our communication. He remembers what we talk about. Notice verse 16 again. That the, he says that they, the Lord, uh, they spake often one to another. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. He heard what? He heard what they were saying to one another. So the Lord remembers our communication. That's one of the reasons that we need to say things that are good and wholesome and not things that are hurtful and unkind and ugly and mean and sarcastic. There's so much of that in the world. We, we need to, to be remembered of God for the things that we say. We're not to let any corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. We, we are to say things that are good. James 1.26 says that if a man can't bridle his tongue, his religion is vain. Why people may claim to be Christians, they may claim to, to be God-fearing people, but, but, it, but if they can't control what they say, the fact is they have deceived themselves and their religion is a vain religion. I'm always reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew the 12th chapter beginning in verse 34. Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Now let's just stop there for a moment. If you want to know what kind of a person an individual is, if you want to know what's in their heart, listen to what they say. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then he went on to say that a good man, out of the good tre treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth evil things. And then Christ said, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now God remembers his people. He, he remembers their character. He remembers that they fear him. God remembers what we say. But God also remembers what we think about. He remembers the thoughts, the very thoughts that we have. Look at verse 16 again. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him. For whom? For them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. You see, God knows what we think about. Now, that's pretty sobering, isn't it, to know that, 
that, that God understands what we think about. There's not a word in my tongue, O Lord, but that thou understandest it altogether, the psalmist declared in Psalms 139. And so God knows all of the thoughts and the very intents of our heart. That's the reason that we are to think good things, wholesome things, righteous things, pure things, honest things, just things. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Paul said, think on these things. What things? Things that are true, things that are just, things that are honest. You think on those kinds of things, have those kinds of thoughts. And so God remembers us. God doesn't forget about His people. Do you realize now why it really pays? You're never forgotten by God. But another reason I want to suggest to you that it pays to be a Christian and pays to serve God is because of the value that God places upon you as an individual. Now, Jesus placed a value upon your soul. Jesus said and asked this question in Matthew 16, 26, For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus was trying to show us that our souls are valuable, that our souls are worth more than all of the gold and silver and power and prestige there is in this world. Your soul is valuable. But God in this particular reading underscores how he really sees us. Look in verse 17. He said, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Now that ought to, to, to be uh, enough right there for us to see that God really cares for his people. He says they'll be mine. And he said, In that day when I make up my jewels... I will spare them. God refers to his people in this particular passage as jewels. Maybe you have some jewels that in your possession that are very valuable to you. Maybe pearls, maybe diamonds, maybe, maybe some rubies. Maybe there are other types of treasures that you have uh, that uh, you would not part with for any amount of money. And they are jewels to you, precious jewels to you. Well, when God sees his people, God sees us as precious jewels in his sight. Have you ever thought about yourself like that? That, that God values you. Well, you, if you were to find that the most valuable jewel in the world, let's just say that, that you were given the most valuable diamond that had ever been made, that had ever been discovered, had ever been cut, and you had possession of that diamond, I want you to know that it's worthless compared to the value that God places upon one of his children. He values you, and he has shown how he values you by his love. God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. I don't understand that kind of love to you. I know it's an everlasting love. In Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Lord told His people in a little long ago that I've loved you with an everlasting love. And He loves us. He loves us even when we're not very lovely. He loves us when we're not, not uh, very nice. He loves us when we're messed up. And He wants us to do what is right. 
And that's how God values us. But another way that God has shown how He values us is the fact that He protects us from, from dangers and harm. And I, I love Psalms 46 in verse 1. And there the psalmist said that the Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You see, God is the one who protects us. But He is also the one who provides for us. He gives us our provisions. Jesus promised that if we do what is first, should be first in our lives, that we'll have the necessities of life. Look at Matthew 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Now if you'll go back and if you'll read Matthew 6, beginning with about verse 25, and read to the end of that chapter, you will learn that those things had to do with food and clothing and shelter and the like. But Jesus said, if you will put first things first, if you'll seek the kingdom first, if you'll seek righteousness first in your life, you will never be without. In Psalms 37 and verse 25, the psalmist said, I have been young and now I am old, but I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You see, God always takes care of his own. That's how God shows how he values us. But then again, he showed his value of us when he bought us or purchased us, and that was done with blood. Not animal blood. We're taught in Hebrews, the third, 10th chapter, in verses 3 and 4, that it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. But the blood that can take away sin is Jesus' blood. His blood. In Matthew 26 and 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. And so God purchased us. He purchased us with the blood of His Son. That, that's, that's why I'm telling you that it really is profitable for an individual to be a Christian. So God values His people. God doesn't forget about His people. And then another reason I want to suggest to you that, that it pays for us to serve God, it pays for us to be a Christian, it pays to follow Jesus Christ, is because God is well aware of those who follow Him and those who do not. Now, God cannot be fooled. God can, you can't trick God. I want you to look now at verse number 18. Then shall you return and, and discern between the righteous and the wicked. There's a time coming when there will be a separation of the sheep and the goats, according to Matthew 25, verses 31 to 33. But God already knows that division. He already knows those that are righteous and those that are not righteous. He's able to discern between those that serve God and those that do not serve God. He knows right now. He knows right now. And if you are serving God to the very best of your knowledge and the best of your ability, God knows that. God knows that. If you became a Christian by believing on Jesus and repenting of your sins, confessing faith in Christ, and by being baptized into Jesus Christ, God knows that. God knows everything about you. He knows that you serve Him. If He, if he knows 
the, the number of a hairs on a person's head, surely God knows those that serve Him. He knows that you serve Him. He knows every individual who serves Him. And so it pays to be a Christian. It pays in this life to be a Christian. And certainly it's going to pay in the life to come to be a child of God. Well, you say, do you really think, Brother Lambert, that, that it's profitable? I want to tell you something. And I want to talk to you right now from my heart. The best thing you will ever do for yourself is to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have an idea that I'm speaking to someone right now who has an emptiness in their heart. You don't have direction in your life. You're not really sure what you ought to do next. You need to give your life to a stronger one. You need to have a, your life centered on Jesus Christ. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Philippians 1.21 You need to be able to say, I want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, indeed, the most profitable thing that you will ever do is to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as a matter of fact, it pays financially to be a Christian. You say, you mean that if you're a Christian that you're going to have a lot of money? No, no, that's not what I mean. I simply mean by that by that, that if you become a Christian, then you're going to be a good steward of the blessings that God has given to you and you're going, to be, uh, you're going to be better off financially serving God than the individual who doesn't serve God and maybe waste their money in riotous living and, and in worldly things. It pays financially to serve God. Let me tell you, it pays physically to be a Christian. It pays physically. You, you say, well, Brother Lambert, do you mean by that that you'll never have any physical problems? No, no. It doesn't mean that at all. We, we all have our physical problems. Preachers even have physical problems. We, we sometimes we all have physical problems. But I'm talking about an individual who may spend their life with dope, with drugs, with meth, with cocaine, may spend their life with alcohol, ruin their lives, I don't have time enough to tell you all of the incidences that I've seen of people who ruined their lives, their physical life, because they did not really serve God Almighty. I'm thinking about many people, young men who were killed in tragic accidents because they did not give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, you're better off physically to serve God. And you're better off also emotionally when you serve God. Why, the fact is, an individual who's a Christian has a peace that passes all understanding. You know, Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And when you have perfect peace, it's a little difficult to improve on that, isn't it? But that individual who is a child of God, who has given their life to Christ through faith in Christ, 
through repentance of sin, through confession of faith in Christ, by being baptized into Jesus Christ, can have a peace that passes all understanding. Let me tell you the reason. Because they know now that all of their past sins have been washed away in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and that one day heaven is going to be their home. Oh, it pays emotionally to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But it also pays eternally. It pays eternally to be a Christian. And it's not going to be many days until all of us are going to be ushered out into eternity. One day we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, to give an account of the things that we've done in our bodies. Every individual will give an account of himself to God. Paul wrote in Romans 14, 12, I'll give an account of how I preach. I'll give an account of what I've preached. It's a serious thing to contemplate. But I can tell you one thing. When you stand there as a child of God, you will know, you will know for all eternity that the most, the most blessed thing that you ever did in your life was to become a child of God. Yes, indeed. Now, you have to pay the price. You have to be willing to pay the price. And there's a price to pay for not being a child of God. Why, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. We don't want that. But he says, on the other hand, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what we want. We want to be saved and we want to go to heaven when we die. So I know that it pays to be a Christian. Many years ago, I was sitting in my office studying in the, at the church building and, and I heard a, a, a noise. It sounded like an explosion almost out in front of the church building and I went out there and there were two cars that had collided head on. And what had happened, there were some men who had robbed a, a, a store not far away and, and the police were in pursuit of them and they turned the corner right in front of the church building and when they did, they got over in the wrong lane and they hit a woman who had children in the car. No one was seriously injured. One of the men in the car that was being pursued by the police jumped out and ran, but by the time I got around to, to the front of the building, they had the driver handcuffed, shackled in the back of the police car. And I was standing there looking on this scene and there was a man who walked up to me and looked at me and he said, Preacher, crime don't pay, does it? I, so, I said, no, sir, crime doesn't pay. It doesn't pay to live without Jesus. It doesn't pay to live without God. But it pays eternal dividends to serve God and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for watching today, and I hope you, that you've been blessed by what I've said today. I hope you'll take it to heart. I want to encourage you to visit the Church of Christ that's nearest to you, and may I also encourage you to call or to write or to send an email for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Give me the Bible, holy message shining, my life shall guide me in the narrow way, precept and promise, my love combining, till I shall vanish in eternal day. 
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. This is a free call. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.